Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Are in one way is how you are in usually all the ways. So I said, let this be an invitation, right? This could be a great place to start and ask yourself, why do I feel this way, right? And why am I projecting and thinking about how this would be if the shoe were on the other foot? What's my intention of that? This experience that I might never experience because I'm monogamous, right? And really get curious and just ask yourself those questions because that's the best way you're going to grow. Welcome back to Open Late Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Spandiari. And today I have a Q&A session for you. We have a group, it's called Open Talks, and it's free to join. It's a WhatsApp community, and it's just a place where people can ask their questions in a public way and get live coaching from me and from each other. The beautiful thing about this group is conversations start and people are able to give insights based on their own experiences in their non-monogamy journey that are so different from mine. We've got monogamous folks in there. We've got people all over the spectrum. And recently, um, a woman in our group asked such a great question that is something that a lot of people struggle with and deal with. And so I thought it was so valuable. I asked her permission to share it as an episode. And of course she said, yeah, she's just an angel and wants everyone to be able to learn from her experience, which is, you know, we all think that our experiences and our struggles are so unique, but they're not. We are all dealing with more or less the same stuff, just in different dressing. So I'm going to read her question almost verbatim and then share my response and then we'll talk about it. So she said, there's something I struggle to fully understand and I think it's because maybe I'm wired slightly differently being monogamous. Um, a little backstory is she is monogamous and her partner is polyamorous and when they met, um, her partner is a man, he was upfront about this and said that this is something that he was exploring. And if she wanted to continue dating him, then that was something that, you know, he was going to be bringing into their relationship. And she decided to give it a go, which is so super brave. Um, and they've been dating for a year and are madly in love. So she asks a lot of great questions and her situation is not unique. I did an episode a while back with a couple named Denny and Jesse. They're the sweetest. Um, they're parents to five kids and Jesse is monogamous and Denny is exploring his polyamorous side as well. So if you want a more in-depth look at that dynamic, check out that episode. It is episode 46 of the podcast. So back to the question at hand. I don't know how to have this conversation with my partner without it coming across in a way that sounds like I'm trying to make him feel guilty, which is not my intention at all. But what I'd love to understand is this. If you're poly or open and your partner is monogamous, 
and they get upset or emotional during a time when you have a date or a visit with another partner, meaning the monogamous person is dealing with a lot of uncomfortable emotions while the open relating or polyamorous person is out on a date. Are you still able to fully enjoy your time with the other person as the poly person, right? My partner does. He can have amazing, joyful experiences, even when he knows I'm at home and emotional. He offers me care and reassurance, so he's doing everything he can in that sense, and I know my feelings are my own and not his responsibility. However, if I knew my partner was hurting, I wouldn't be able to enjoy myself doing something. Is this me being stereotypically monogamous? LOL. I don't know how to fully understand something I've never been able to feel or experience. This member of our community is so brave and I thanked her for asking such an incredible question like this because it is something that many people are dealing with all over the spectrum, not just people who are, you know, monogamous and their partner wants to explore being open, but even when both people are open, you have a hard time when your partner goes out on a date. And that is one of the first things that I want to demystify here is I think from the outside looking in, people assume that if you're open, it means you're totally okay. Like your partner's dating, you're dating and you're just fine with it and it's amazing and you're happy all the time about it or you don't ever deal with jealousy. That is just not the case at all. We're all still human and we all run the spectrum of emotions. For sure, is that the experience that some people have? Absolutely. It's been years since I've felt any jealousy about anyone that my husband has dated or been with or even developed loving feelings for. Um, but in my past, I've certainly you know, dealt with uncomfortable emotions and had to sit with them and process them and own them. So here's my response. First of all, I thanked her for her experience um, or for sharing her experience and her question. And I said, I don't know if this is stereotypical mono, you know, type experiences, although I imagine more monogamous people would feel this way than your average open relating person or polyamorous person or relationship anarchist. I said, my take on it is this, monogamy and the social conditioning of mononormativity create a lot of codependency in relationships, period, end of story. And I know the word codependent is a very charged word. In fact, as I was typing it, you know, I'm a coach and so I'm always going to give people feedback and I want to hold people to their highest and never assume that someone can't, you know, handle like my coaching style, which is totally bit me in the ass. That's, I've upset friends over this. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I wasn't coming across as confrontational because I know that if you call someone codependent, right, they, they might feel like you're calling them codependent. And that's actually not the case. Like we're all human beings who have experiences, tendencies, and actions. We are not the sum of, you know, this one experience or action that we have. Um, so that word is, is charged. But we're born into codependency. Like, 
We are born into a codependency dynamic with our parents or our caregivers, whoever took care of us, we depended on them for survival. And then as we started to grow and relate and regulate our emotions based on their emotions, we are very codependent in those experiences, especially in the time period where, you know, we're up to ages five to seven, you know, before five, you're like fully in a state of hypnosis 24 seven. Um, but once you really start to like know yourself and you turn that corner of developing the ego, um, we come out of this state of codependence and I don't think anyone really teaches us, right? Like we don't have this in schools where we're learning emotional maturity or emotional intelligence how to get out of codependent dynamics and become independent or interdependent of our people, you know, that take care of us and that we live with and that we cohabitate with or that we end up in loving relationships with, right? In our teens and our early 20s, you know, there's thankfully now so many great educators, but it's not like this is being taught in schools. So, I always say like give yourself a pass if you have these codependent tendencies because if you look around the world at large it's what we're taught it's it's echoed back at us right in media in entertainment in movies and I bring up mononormative culture because I think that in many places where codependency shows up like if you in in some instances if you're not displaying codependent tendencies, people might think you're not a good partner, right? And these are sort of unhealthy trauma bonds that we're working with now and that we're looking at, but you can't know you're in one while you're in it. You have to really step back and assess. But that's a whole rabbit hole that we're not gonna go down today. I'm gonna get back to my response to this question. I went into it as this, codependency, is showing up here because you can't fully enjoy yourself or you think you can't fully enjoy yourself if you know your partner is upset, uncomfortable, sad. Um, even if, you know, and this would probably happen if you knew your partner was homesick or if you knew your partner was stuck in traffic and you were at another event. And maybe it wouldn't go that far. Maybe it's just in the instance of dating because in our culture, sex and sexuality is so charged, right? We have such a charge around it because it equals love, it equals being chosen, it equals safety and security and, you know, someone who's going to show up for me and take care of me, right? So the codependency is showing up here because whatever the case is, your emotional experience is hinging on your partner's emotions, right? That is like a true dance of, of codependency. And I, I said to her, you know, I would examine this because if you are doing it in one area of your life, girl, you know you're doing it in other places. That's just how we are, that's how we're wired. How you are in one way is how you are in usually all the ways. So I said, let this be an invitation, right? This could be a great place to start and ask yourself, why do I feel this way, right? And why am I projecting and thinking about 
how this would be if the shoe were on the other foot. What's my intention of that? This experience that I might never experience because I'm monogamous, right? And really get curious and just ask yourself those questions because that's the best way you're gonna grow and sit with it and meditate on it or journal it, whatever the case is. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. And ask yourself where you learned it, where you picked up this idea that you wouldn't be able to enjoy your experience if you knew your partner was upset. And I told her, I can't say that this is the case for everyone, but you know, in this case here, um, her, well, I asked her a question and I kind of did like a sidebar because I always want to check in with the people in my group and I didn't know the full dynamics of their relationship. And I wanted to know how, well, what was he doing? Because she said he does everything he can to, you know, comfort me and, you know, reassure me but he's still going out and enjoying himself. And so when I checked in with her, she said, yeah, you know, like he shows up amazing. And, you know, I can tell that she felt safe and seen by how he was showing up, right? But she still had these feelings that she was gonna work through. And that's totally normal to have a partner who is loving towards you, who are, who is compassionate, right? And so I was happy to hear that because I never want to give coaching to someone and this is for everyone listening as well, not just her, where you're in an unhealthy situation and you're just forging ahead, trying to you know, put on the non-monogamy costume when it's really not for you. But in this case, you know, this is a very loving partnership and she is ripe and ready for this growth and this learning and this is what she wants. So once I like wrapped my head around that, it was really easy to see that he shows up as compassionate, empathetic, which means he's interdependent, right? People who are interdependent are going to be affected in some way and they're going to show up for that person, right? And she said, like, it doesn't hinder him from still having a good time when he goes out. And that's the difference between codependent and interdependent. Now, if he was completely independent of her, I think that he likely wouldn't, reassure her or show a lot of compassion or wouldn't be able to be empathetic maybe to her and he was just living his own experience and expecting her to live her own experience and not sharing any of that experience with each other so i wanted to kind of make that clarification because i think it's so important and 
I think it's healthy to strive to be interdependent with the people that we're in relationship with. And it sounds like that is what's happening here. Another member of our group gave this great example, and this was a couple weeks back. And I think that it relates to this story really well. She shared that uh, the topic was posed about how do you work with when your partner wants to have very different non-monogamous experiences than you do. For example, your partner loves going to play parties and loves hooking up with strangers, whereas you might feel the need to date someone, get to know them, you know, and really have a lot of intimacy before you can fully engage in like sex and fun play and, and things like that, right? So the question was that, um, and a good friend of mine who's in our group offered this, you know, again, sex is so charged and we kind of put it up here on a pedestal. She's like, but if you think about it, it could be as simple as, I love to go salsa dancing and my husband does not like it whatsoever. Like, it's just not his thing. He doesn't enjoy dancing. And by the way, this is not her example. This is my example, but this is how she laid it out because I love to dance. I, salsa dancing makes me feel so alive. It's one of my favorite things to do. In LA, if you live in LA, let's go salsa. Pasha does not like dancing. He enjoys dancing, like at a rave. He'll dance all day. But something that's choreographed that has form that you know has steps and you need to like be on top of it not his thing he's never gonna want to do it and earlier on in our relationship when i was a bit more codependent i would get sad that he didn't want to go dancing with me and as i've learned to untangle and work on myself and become more interdependent i'm like why would i want him to do this experience that he is not like at all and it's as simple as that we all have different desires and tendencies. And so maybe one person's like sex party and having erotic experiences and novelty with beautiful people that they don't know and they might never see again is another person salsa dancing. And the moment we can start to really step back and see things for what they are, it really helps us understand that expecting people to do something that's just not a desire or that's not comfortable for them and that they don't ever want to become comfortable with it is very codependent in nature. So um, I hope this helps and you know, you're not alone if you're feeling like triggered right now, if you're feeling attacked in some way, you know, it's an experience that we all live through. And like I said, I've been there. I was very codependent in the majority of my relationships before my husband. I mean, I did some things. I like I've done things that I'm not proud of, but I'm proud in a way that they make me who I am. And I'm only as great as like my biggest lessons. So um, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And thank you so much to this sweet angel who is always so brave and asks the best questions, um, asking the right questions, the ones that are on your heart. And if this is the catalyst for knowing yourself better, then I'm really glad that maybe this is uncomfortable in some way for you, the listener. And it's all such worthy work, even if it stings. 
I love you all so, so much. Um, I'm going to leave you with something really funny today. I saw a post the other day that said, can we normalize wanting to be in a monogamous relationship? Which just really made me laugh out loud. Like, I, I think I had like a full-on hearty chuckle because we, it's like, this must have been from a person who lives like in a very woke, we'll just throw out the term woke there, but like who lives in a city like Los Angeles or San Francisco or somewhere where they're seeing a lot of non-monogamy or maybe they're interested in relationships and so non-monogamy is being prompted on their phone that's always listening to you and they're like, getting a lot of examples of it. And so they're feeling bombarded with, you know, a new wave of non-monogamous people. And they felt attacked. And so they made a meme that said, can we normalize wanting to be in a monogamous relationship? And that perspective just cracks me up because monogamy is the culture that we live in. Mononormativity is what we see everywhere. And, you know, not wanting to be in a monogamous relationship is still very fringe, even though this person doesn't feel that way. I think there's so many people underground, I talk about this a lot, who are practicing it, who are interested in it, who've been doing it for years and just not sharing it publicly because of so many reasons, right? Like fear of safety being a huge one because we live in a monogamous society where people could lose housing, right? If they live in an area that is not you know, friendly to non-traditional relationships or queer people or what have you. Um, but I just thought it was so interesting because it's literally like the fish who is swimming in water, but can't see the water, like doesn't know that they're in water until they're pulled out of water and they can't breathe. And that's sort of like monogamy is the water and we're all in the ocean of it. And, you know, right now I kind of like popping up on a little non-monogamy boat for a while, laying out in the sun, maybe thinking about living on land. If you want to like live on land, keep listening to this podcast. This is a really funny example, but um, I'm just going to keep pumping out content that feels fun and educational and funny and just true. This is what's true. This is my life and I'm glad you're here for it. I'm sending you all so much love and I will see you next time. As always, please take just 10 seconds, rate and review this show and subscribe, 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 subscribe on Apple, on Spotify, YouTube. I mean, this podcast is really anywhere that you can listen to podcasts, but when you subscribe and do automatic downloads, you'll never have to download it. It'll just be in your feed every week when I post a new episode, sometimes twice a week. All right, until next time, lovers. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.